long ball from Phil Jagielka. We get a little bit of luck here, but we pick the ball further up the field. We move further up the field. Good ball from Gibson. Good little ball here. Morales does well to put the ball in the box. Composure from Jelovic. But again, good ball from Pina. But the initial ball from Jagielka long caused the problem. So, I don't know, the proof is in the pudding, as they say sometimes. Not bitter, just better. The all-new Everton podcast. Hello everyone, Mark Mack here with episode 4 of the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast. And it's only the first week of the season. Uh, with me as always is Johnny Seven. Hello. And for the first time this week... We've got a third member of the team. This week with us is Mr. Paul Cronin. Hello, people. Yeah, so instead of um, just two of us talking absolute rubbish this week, uh, there is going to be three of us talking rubbish. Uh, but we'll give it a go, see how it goes. Um, obviously, it's busy, busy week this week, with it being uh, the start of the season. Premier League gets kicks off this weekend. Uh, and obviously, we still had the, the last friendly with Betis last weekend. Should we start with there, John? What do you think? Yeah, we'll start off uh, just talking a little bit about the Betis game. And it was a good turnout. The, the three of us were there for Roberto's first game. Uh, the squad looked decent, decent side on paper. Uh, what what I want to talk about first, though, is uh, the formation. It seemed to be uh, a bit of a 2-2-3-2-1 formation. Uh, Did that up to enough players, that? Oh, pass. I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't, didn't do the maths in my head. But... Um, yeah, it was like a th- like the old Christmas tree formation, like a five-three-two with wing backs. But we only had two two centre backs instead. Uh, were you, I think you were saying at the match mark that uh, it's it's a bit of a trendy one in Europe at the moment. Uh, two centre backs. Yeah, from what I've been told, there's a bit of a buzz around Europe, and I know Martinez has been out looking at continental clubs and looking at this style of play. Um, for me, on the first showing against Betis, I didn't think it worked. I didn't like it. I thought we, you know, we got overrun, especially in the first half, quite a lot. We were uh, inviting players onto us, um, and I think if Betters could have finished better, we could have been four 0 down in our first half. Do you think that was possibly down to uh, individual errors, or, or, or was Jackie Alka looked a bit shaky to start off with? Uh, do you think once they bed into that position, it, it, it would be uh, a better formation for them? It's obviously going to take a bit of getting used to it. It's certainly not a style that English players are, uh, you know, are used to. So it might just need a bit of time to bed in. But you know, I think if we play a better side, if we play a Premier League side, and we play like that, we'll, we'll just get destroyed. Yeah, I mean, better, better's a good side. And I, I said on on our Facebook uh, on the day, it was like the Alamo. We were sat in the Gladys, and it was just swarming, swarming towards us uh, throughout that first half. Um, been a lot of criticism. Uh, what are your thoughts about the game, Paul? Uh, I, I just don't think there's any urgency in pre-season with a lot of players. I think the same players could go and play against Norwich next week and they'll be focused. There'll be urgency about them. It's a serious game of football. Don't forget they've been travelling all over the USA for the last week and a half or so as well. So, you know, it was a nice hot sunny day. Knocked the ball around a little bit. In the end, we got the win. Yeah, we won the game, so you know, we, the, the, all you can take from it is it was, it was a successful uh, run out, really, t- uh, after the success, successful uh, pre season. So, were you boys honestly saying that that didn't worry you that game? It didn't worry me, no. I mean, you know, I've played in pre season games myself, and I don't think that players take them as serious as, as regular season games. Um, Yelovich looks sharp, and I think that's probably the best thing to take from it. Because at the end of last season he didn't look sharp and he does look sharp now. So some of the other players who may not have looked as sharp there uh, last week will certainly up the game come Saturday, that's knowledge. Yeah, they looked, uh, looked more than sharp, didn't he? Looked like he wanted to murder someone. Well, yeah, he was kicking off there a bit, wasn't he? I don't know what that was all about. But again, I, I think that could possibly be a bit of frustration boiling over with the, the, the formation. I thought, you know, 
people were struggling to know who he was meant to be dropping in to, to pick the ball up off the keeper. I know Gibson looked like he was trying to do it, but obviously we know now he had a knock in the warm-up, so he wasn't fully fit. I thought, you know, I didn't think Coleman or Baines were in the game much because they were sort of just stuck out wide in sort of no-man's land. Um, I just thought it looked disjointed and I, I, I just don't know. I can't see how it's going to work. Yeah, it seemed to be um, it seemed to be designed to give us a more attacking look, but then those options weren't really there. Those you had the fullbacks uh, we were meant to be pushing on as soon as Howard got the ball, Gibson dropping deep for the ball, and then when Gibson got found out, um, you know Barkley seemed to be dropping, but Howard didn't look confident enough to drop it over Gibson to Barkley. So well, what do you think of Barkley? Barkley. Um, he made a little bit of a mistake, where he, you know, which he got criticised for last year, where he tried to do something a little bit clever, and you know, he ended up putting one of their players in. But I think he looked good again. I thought I thought Barkley was our best player on the day. Against Betis, I really did. I thought he was the only one who who really seemed to be putting the shift in, putting effort in, trying to tackle people, trying to track back with runners from midfield. I thought Barkley had a decent game. I think he needs a good 10 games. I agree. I, I, I think Martinez has got to say to him, you're starting the first 10 games of the season unless you're injured. And then come the end of those first 10 games, I think you'll know a lot more about him because uh, I think he needs a run in Premiership football where he can actually mature into a player. Yeah, a bit of trust in him really, yeah. isn't it? So and you'll know straight away then after those 10 games what he can do it or not. I just, I just think looking at that game, and I, I know it was just a friendly and I know you talked to fraction, but I just think... You look at that team on paper, and it's it's already more attacking than last year. The way it's set out, it should be more attacking. But how many shots did we have in the first half? One. We we, we didn't seem to create chances with, with this attacking formation. But again, there's no urgency, is there? You're not going to create many chances when there's no urgency in the game. It's it's, it's a but chance for players to wind down and you know get their fitness fitness levels up and things like that. Come next week. The players that you're looking at saying that you know we have another shot on goal come next week. Hopefully by the end of that game we'll create far more chances. There's points at stake next week. There's nothing at stake this week other than don't get injured before the start of the season. So if you're looking at it that way, then why were Betis creating chances? Because it's only a pre-season game for Betis, and and, and they, they were they kept, were we, we we kept a clean sheet over the last few minutes. So. Betis were quite clearly on top in large parts of the game, but they still didn't reach our defence until near the end. Yeah, I mean, Howard, I think Howard was more of the match, really, because uh, he made a handful of saves in the first half. Um, but we're talking about it, and, you know, there's a bit of, bit of debate here, and, you know, Paul, you, you think that the, uh, they didn't seem up for it, which is fair enough if it was a friendly. And, um, either with the crowd, either. Yeah. No, the there's crowd... pressure from the crowd. The, crowd's so bit, yeah, the crowd affects that. the players. If the, if the crowd are getting on the players' backs, then maybe they think, hold on, we love this a little bit. Yeah. And I must admit, once, once half-time rolled around and, and, you know, Gibson had gone off and fighting it came on, I, I did think for periods in the second half, we did look... A, a much better attacking force. Morales got into the game a little bit. A uh, couple of good little tidy runs from Morales and a couple of little cheeky flicks and things showing a bit of class. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just worried that you know a decent side there would have, would in that first half would have buried us. Yeah, that, that's we we talk about the uh, talk about the two goals from us. Uh, I think we were very fortunate on both of them really. That, that first one, how it got through to Jelovic. Is uh, is beyond me. Uh, it seemed to go through two defenders' legs, and then the goalie just dropped on the floor, and we fixed it, didn't he? And uh, then, yeah, but Jelovic did well for it again. Yeah, once Jelovic, what Jelovic's control and little turn and finish was class. I thought, I thought it was a great goal. That's only what though. What four or five months ago, Jelovic would have paid a million pounds for that chance. Yeah, definitely. You know, and he probably would have scored it. Put the ball in the net, don't you? He scored against Blackburn the other week, didn't he? Well, it's, a, it's a good sign, yes. I mean, I think we've spoken every podcast so far about, you know, Jelovic coming back to form, so... So as well, Jelovic, we'll have go for six million quid now. Definitely not, definitely not, because we, we've talked about this before, and the, the main reason, apart from the fact that we think he's going to come good, is who else are you going to be placing with for the same price? You're not going to get quality for that price. And he's always had the support of the fans. Definitely, you know, last season... He's stayed on his side, haven't he? He had a really tough season. And the fans were still right behind him. And you know, how many players has that happened to over the past uh, so many years at Goodison? 
Uh, if anyone, any other striker that had gone through that form, you know, he'd been shown the door, wouldn't he? And I think talking about, you know, players that the fans like, I'm starting to get to feel there's a real buzz about Morales with the Goodison faceload at the minute. Yeah, um, we talk a little bit more about him when we talk about our, our ones to watch for the season, but, you know, every time he gets the ball, you, you can feel the buzz in, in the crowd and, you know, everyone's on the edge of the seats. Uh, and he, he's, he's had another, he's had a good pre-season, a couple of goals uh, and a Thunderbolt again at the weekend where he put it in the top corner. A Thunderbolt, yeah. Is thunderbolt, that, is that yeah. how you describe it? A Thunderbolt. S- struck it from distance. <laughs> Do you mean a mishit, pointed cross? I tell you, I don't think he reminds me of Tim Howard at points last season when he when he dropped that. I, I think uh, I think he it was more of a mucker. He made a young mucker of it, didn't he? Um, I, but the, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a sour note uh, with their goal at the end when it ping ponged around the um, around the penalty area, and you know, it was a bit of a joke defensively, wasn't it? I don't know, I was in the black horse with the kid by then. I <laughs> oh, you, you, you thought they finished 2-0, didn't you? I thought, as far as I'm concerned, it was 2-0. Left with 10 minutes to go. So the kids out the ground, left with a glass of wine. So we have that on our, on our record box then, and we finished it 2-0. Well, well, some of us... Pro- we won 1-0 at Norwich last year as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a much better uh, turnout there. Some of us proper fans actually stayed to the end and seen it, but I think it was just a case of everyone had sort of lost interest and switched off at that point, so it was one of them, really. It was... Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about that conceding uh, goal. Well, on reflection, I was another good run out. Uh, the pitch looked amazing, and if that's you know if you if you want to start playing football, attacking football on there, you can't ask for the better turf than that, can you? No, the, the, the surface looked good. They were they, were, they seem to be watering it more at half time than they did last year as well. So obviously that's a, that's been I don't know if anyone else knows just at the weekend though, but the grass did seem to be really thick. And when the players were trying to pass it around, especially at the back end, when Pienaar's knocking around in the middle at times, it did seem to stick a little bit and slow the passing game down a bit. Now, I'm not sure whether that's going to play into our hands. I think that's maybe why they watered it with half-time. Well, yeah, and it didn't seem to do much good, did it? Not in the first half, no, but um, maybe, yeah, in the second half, maybe, mm-hmm. no. I just think sometimes like our midfielders knocking around quite well at times and the last thing you need is to blow holding up on the pitch when you're, when you're trying to move it around, isn't it? I can remember Maybe a little... we should go back to the, the long ball game now. That's where, that's where the goal the game, goal came from. <laughs> goal came from a long... Uh, so is that it then? Our, our new passing regime lasted like four yeah. season games and we've driven that off, are yeah. we? We need to get Moyes back, get Dave Watson back in the back four and get him moving it back up. Can we get Duncan on the retirement up front, do you think? And that's it for pre-season really, I think um, I've liked what I've seen in the pre-season so far, I think we've played decent sides, you know, the likes of Real Madrid etc we've talked about over previous episodes and I think the main thing we've seen so far is, um, you know, a couple of players are looking like they're in good form, Jelovic we've mentioned a number of times uh, and also something I'm happy about is no one's got injured really through this season, so we're going in to the new season uh, with a full squad uh, and a bit of optimism. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's time for the real deal now, isn't it? The majority of this podcast is going to be a, a preview of the new season. I want to get the thoughts of the boys here about what they what they expect and what their expectations are. Um, so let's get into it, eh? Yeah, I think the the funny thing is is how excited we've been for these games that we've covered so far over the past month or so, and they have only been friendlies and. There's been an awful lot of buzz about it. Um, do you think this is because of because of the Martinez era starting? You know, it's excitement because it's the first season without Moyes in eleven years. Or do you think it's just the way coverage has changed? Um, you know, people being all on Facebook and Twitter and having the American tour and being able to watch all the games. But I don't know whether you you, you guys agree, but uh, this does seem to be a lot more buzz about uh, about it. I think Martinez has created most of the buzz created because it. we've only signed one player really for cash Coney. yeah we've brought a goalie in and as everyone knows goalies don't count you know and we've brought a free transfer in if Moyes had stayed and done the same everyone would be crying out for where's the money where are the signings other clubs are signing players and where not so I think going over to America and playing Madrid and Valencia and Juventus and having a new manager has kind of taken the heat off bringing players in 
So I think it's an important next couple of weeks because we do still need to bring a few players. I, I think I, I'll go. I add to that a little bit. I think that what he's done that's different than what Moyes has done in the past is he's made those signings early, whereas Dave Dither and Dave, as people refer to him, would hang on and hang on and hang on, and then you know maybe bring two faces in on the transfer deadline day. He's made those signings early. Well, we play Norwich Saturday, and. If we play Norwich Saturday and we play Cardiff a week later, and in between those two games, Fellaini and Baines was to leave, or even one of them, it doesn't leave us with a lot of time to bring in new faces. So I just hope that if he has going to bring in new faces, he knows who he's going to bring in, and he does it. Don't want to be left with a load of money sat there that we can't spend in January, because the season could be gone by then. Well, going back to your original question there, John, I think, it, you know, the, the buzz is because for the first time in, in 12 years, it's, we're going into the unknown here. It's new ideas, it's a new manager, and I think everyone's excited because we don't know what to expect. If you'd ask me where we're going to finish, you know, it could be anywhere between 15th and top, but I don't know. It's well, just, people it's, it's think we yeah, so, I mean that, that that's the general general consensus is it's going to be attacking, you know, school of science passing, uh, and it, so that that's that's for me the most exciting part to see how we've play. not lost anyone. We've not lost Morales. We've not lost Fellaini. We've not lost Baines. Yeah, for all the talk about Jalovic. that. For all the talk about that, there's there's no there's not been any any real activity. And, and there's, no, there's no real bids gone in. One bid for Baines, you know. It's, it, there's been a lot of newspaper talk and Facebook and Twitter talk about Baines and Fellaini, but well, it's it, well, it's coming out today. Just looking on, just looking on the site, uh, just up to date news. It's, it's just looking today as if the club have come out and said there will be no more bids for Baines. So I, I don't know how they know that, but obviously they must have put the word. They must know that whoever his potential suitors are have dropped out of the race now. I can't say Baines worries me. Uh, I think Baines will stay. Yeah. I do, yeah. yeah. But Fellaini, I think... I think he'll go. I think there's a chance, and I'd say that one worries me a little bit more. We talked about this last week in, in, in quite a bit of detail. But would you let him go? If you got 24 million quid in, and you have players lined up to replace him, I don't think it would be the worst business in the world. No, if, if, if we had someone in mind to, to replace him, but that's a, that's a big if. Well, everyone keeps saying about Scott Parker, don't they? Three and a half million quid, he's 82 now. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll be going down the Scott Parker route. Um, well, I think he's going to QPR anyway. I mean, I think that's his level now, though, isn't it? I don't think he can really command a place in Everton starting 11 if we're wanting to finish anywhere between 3rd, 4th, 5th and 6th. I think he could do a job as a squad, in the squad. Um, yeah, but... We're not replacing Fellaini. You know, you're, you're looking at a leading player to, um, being replaced by a squad player. Uh, I don't think that would be a good business. What about any of the Spurs players? Because if Gareth Bale goes, they're going to be spending money all over the shop. They've got a big squad as it is. You know, what, what, what about a couple of their players? Would you put a bid in for them? Defoe? Uh, £6 million for uh, Defoe? Do we need a striker at the moment, though? Is that our area of need? If Defoe's available. I think he'd, put, I think he'd score you £6 million quid worth of goals over the next 12 months. I think he's a good player, but I just can't see us going in for a striker. And then if you're looking at Spurs players, you're looking at the likes of, you know, Tom Puddleston. Well, he's gone today, hasn't he? Uh, has he £5.5 has million. Pounds. Has he gone now, has he? Yeah, £5.5 right, million okay. today. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I... I just think, you know, everyone talk about Fellaini, and we touched on this last week, and I don't want to rehash old ground, but, you know, to me, Fellaini wasn't even on the bench in the Betis game. He had this gashed knee and this knock that no one had heard anything about 20 until about half an hour before the game. That, to me, that was the signal that, you know, he is on his way, because as we, we've come to learn now from the Premier League, if you're injured in pre-season, it usually means you're, you're getting transferred. Um, and... Who did we replace Fellaini with on, on Sunday? Ross Barkley. And I think that's the way we're going to go. I can see Ross Barkley starting games. I can see, and we did cover this last week, so I say I don't want to rehash old ground, but um, I don't really think we, we, we're desperately in need of a replacement for Fellaini. I, I agree with Ross Barkley, but I think if you give him those 10 games, and I, I've said similar about Oviedo as well, 
if Wales came to the West and Baines was to go, I, I would give Oviedo that chance until Christmas to prove himself. But you'd still need squad players there. You'd still need some sort of marquee signing to replace your marquee players that are leaving. You can't let Fellaini go and say, well, we've got Ross Barkley to replace him. Because if Barkley doesn't cut it in 10 games into the season, he's seriously not cutting it. We're going to be in trouble. I disagree with you, Paul, because I don't really see the point in bringing a player in. And if you spend money on him, then you really, you've got to play him. So you're bringing somebody in to go ahead of Ross Barkley. At some point, we need to play Barkley. We need, you know, so give him a go. Well, you've got Gibson's injured every other week. Now, I know he doesn't necessarily play in the same position as Gibson, but there's got to be some flexibility within the formation he plays as well. So, you know, Barkley doesn't necessarily have to play in the centre. You know, a few times last year I was looking at Stephen Pienaar and thinking, you're not doing it for me. You're not putting the effort in that you used to. You Disappointing last season for Yeah, Pienaar, a lot of times last season I looked at him and thought, oh, have you got your contract back, have you? Yeah. You know, he needed to do a lot more last season than he was doing. You look at Yanovich last season, he wasn't, he wasn't doing, doing it. You know, you, you, you can bring in the likes of the phone and say, well, if you're not doing it now, mate, this, get, this guy is going in. It's all about competition in the squad, isn't it? And if you've got £20-odd million pounds coming in for Fellaini, you've got £20-odd million pounds you can spread around that squad to bring that competition. And if Barkley's good enough, great. If he's not... So, so as it stands at the moment, then, if, say, if we manage to keep the players that we've got, OK, but... Or possibly we lose Fellaini because that is looking fairly likely. Um, where can you see us finishing this year? I put this out on the Facebook page of the day, and the, the majority of replies we got were, were positive. People still seem to be positive. So uh, where do you think? Where do you think, John? I don't really like to predict with Everton because you know I'd rather they prove me, you know, prove me, prove my doubts wrong rather than you know like giving a finish because. Um, but I'd, I'd like to say top six. I don't think our squad's been weakened at all. It's only been strengthened. Uh, you know, we've still got we've got, still got a strong goalkeeper defensive lineup. Uh, I think it's only been added to. So maybe yeah, top six. The other the other clubs around us may have may have added, but uh, I can't see anyone coming taking over us. Mm. I mean, I don't think we were top four. I think we're quite some way behind Tottenham even if they sold bail because they did strengthen on the back of that business. I don't think Liverpool have improved their side enough to overtake us. And then after that, I mean like Newcastle, Sunderland, Swansea, Southampton, they may be spending a few quid but I don't think they're spending in order to, to overtake us. I think they're spending to preserve the premiership status. I don't think we're in that, that gang of clubs at the moment. Um, Aston Villa used to be one of our challenges. They're nowhere near us at the minute. I think with a couple of decent signings, even if Fellaini does go, I, I, I think we could comfortably finish sixth and maybe finish a bit closer to Tottenham. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm of the same mind. I mean, I can't, re- I can't see us breaking into the top four. Um, but saying that, I mean, uh, to me personally, the only thing that stopped us being in a top four last year, the difference between us finishing, you know, third or fourth or where we did finish at the end of the season, was the fact that we didn't have enough goals. Jelovic wasn't scoring. If Jelovic had got 15, 20 league goals last season and turned some of them, you know, some of them draws into, into three points, I think we would have walked the top four. So I think if we can get Jelovic firing, we have got an outside chance. I think I really some of the slack finishes last year as well. Uh, we were 2-1 up in injury time against Newcastle. And I know all clubs have this, but we did get a little bit of a dodgy deal with this. 2-1 up against Newcastle. We were up in injury time against Norwich at home. Four minutes ago, five minutes ago, 1-0 up against Norwich away. We dropped a lot of points. We absolutely walked all over Leaden away from home last year and ended up getting beat. See, that's Same just, with QPR. That's, that's, that's Everton, QPR. Th- Everton through and through that though, yeah. isn't it? It's, you know, there's been years and years of that. But that's the sort of thing a change of manager can change because you know Martinez is going to bring different ideas in to close out games, different substitutional ideas that he, he can bring in. So, I mean, 
You never know. He, he might be able to to eradicate. He might be more decisive. Maybe. He might be more decisive. Might you know if the game's one one all, he might he might chase it and not leave until two minutes before the end before bringing an attacker on like Moyes did. I'm a big David Moyes fan. You know, I thought he did wonders for this club, but that was the one criticism I always found of Moyes. You know, sometimes he he, he wouldn't make substitutions, and he, he couldn't make that decisive decision maybe just to close a game out or just to keep all the lead. I mean, like last year, I can only remember. The Tottenham game, where we turn dropping points into three points. But there's a, there's a long list of games where we had winning positions or winning performances and dropped points and lost games or drew games. And it's those, it's that where I think we've got to improve. Where, where, when we're leading, we've got to push on and we've got to put nails in coffins. Definitely kill teams off. That's yeah. something we haven't done for a we long didn't time. Do it last year. There's not many times where we go out and hammer yeah. a side, is there? You know, even three or four. You know, there's yeah. not many times at all. We've seen it in the past three or four seasons. Mm-hmm. So, do you lads think we're going to see a lot more goals against this year? Yeah, four and against. Both ends, yeah. Which, but that's what you want, isn't it? That kind of excitement. I mean, there's no two ways about it. We've got an aging back four. Asian? Yeah. No, sorry. Oh, aging. Oh, aging. Right, okay. Yeah, but this I said this last week. He doesn't look any different, does he? No, he hasn't lost. It doesn't look like he's lost a yard of pace. Jaggy Elka. Do you think he think he's lost a yard? Uh, no, not necessarily. But it, it may not be losing that yard of pace. It could be a pulled hamstring. It could be the body putting up with quick games, you know, sometimes you're playing three games in a week and, you know, people 31, 2, 3 and 4, they can't always handle that. And, you know, Johnny I think is there as well, but, you know, I wouldn't play him in the Sunday league team, to be honest most of the <laughs> no, time. Not a fan of Johnny then. There was a period last year where everything that went wrong at the back row forever and had something to do with him. And See, I'm going to disagree with you. No, about, I know you like him, but... No, I'm not about Johnny Icing yet. I'm about the aging back four, because we haven't got a back four anymore. We've got a back two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If we have need anything to go on. I mean, Baines, Baines will be running up and down that wing until he's in his mid-60s, yeah. won't he? And Contrary he to... Uh, lose any pace. Contrary you know, to Warren Barnes, I think. the same, but... I, I, I'd, I'd like to see him bring in a, a, a couple of young centre-halves, and they don't even necessarily have to play unless... The two that we've got get injured. But well, if the we two got that and Duffy and Stones. Well, have we though? I mean, would you trust putting them I can't in say against it. Norwich next week? How confident would you be going in against Norwich next week? You know, that's like saying you can have Duffy and Stones at some point during last season because we've got no squad, and then having Barkley in the midfield and he's not doing it. I think you need a couple of experienced players in their mid twenties to come in and, and 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 fill gaps if needs be. Well, be, before we, we get, to scoff down, would you have him? Before we get specifically onto the knowledge game, because we'll talk about that now, it's just a couple more general predictions then, really, uh, just going around the room. I mean, we've already said we, we all we all think we're going to finish around about sixth uh, in the league. What what are you thinking, John? Who, who do you think will be Everton's player of the season this year? Who's our who's our main man this year? Well, I've made a couple of notes just on this. Uh, a, a few players to watch. Uh, the big one who the buzz is around at the moment, and we've already mentioned, is uh, Morales. I think if, if he can um, not disappear in games, I think he disappeared in the away derby last year at Anfield, and it, it, it was really frustrating to see. It's just like uh, it was like we were down to ten men at some, uh, at some point in the match, um, but he can really turn a game once he gets the ball and runs with it. You know, he, he's just so direct. He can create create something out of nothing. And we, we miss having players with that kind of electric pace with, uh, with the ball. Um, do you think he'll stay fit, boys? What do you think? I'm hoping so. If, if he can stay fit, then I think he's not just uh, one to watch for us. I think he can really like be one of, one of the stars of the Premier League next season. I think he's going to want to stay fit as well, hasn't he? He's got to, yeah. You know, some players in his mould, sometimes it's a little bit easy to have a few weeks off if things aren't going your way and your confidence is getting a bit of a knock. Yeah, so I think yeah. he wants to, he needs to want to stay fit. Um, yeah, so he's 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 one of my my main ones to watch. I think he's an obvious one. Uh, another. Are you gonna are you gonna sit on the fence now about five choices? Yeah. No, I'm just gonna talk. I'm just gonna talk about just two more. Uh, so not, just not, three, just three players of the even, season then. No, I'll let have three players of the season. Then me and him have got to choose between Coleman and. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> no, 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 no. Go no, on, no, 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 no,
as an obvious one, so you know, he's not really my one to watch. Uh, he's, but he's seven first. So he's your first man to watch, but yeah. he's not your one to watch. I think I think uh, Seamus is a, is a good shout because I think he's come on leaps and bounds, and he, he, we, used, we used to call him Forrest Gump because he just get, used to get the ball and run with it. And like I, I think it'd be like he was on autopilot times. He just run to the byline and then like kind of turn 90 degrees and then head in towards the box. Now I think he's getting really better at making footballing decisions. Um, some of the some of the little inside play uh, at the weekend and all pre-season. Um, Does this mean Hibbert's gone for good then? Well, possibly. I think I think Hibbert, Hibbert might be able to come in and play uh, right centre. I, I can't three. see where Hibbert's going to fit no, into the no, new no, system. No, if we played three centre backs, you know, he, he played Stones as that right centre back. I can see Hibbo. Hibbo stood a centre back before. I'm not saying you know. Can you, can you remember any of the times that Hibbo played centre half for us? <laughs> he played play centre half. I, I, I can't see it on the radio, but there's some funny faces getting pulled at Johnny. <laughs> I, I, I remember there been a couple of the, the few Everton games that I've watched through a little crack in my fingers the full 90 minutes because you scare me that much playing centre half. I'm, I'm not endorsing it, I'm just saying it's a possibility. If uh, if they're going to play wing-backs, want three, uh, three centre-halves, you know, Hibbo might drop in there. Uh, if Seamus could push further on, Baines would push further on on the other wing. Um, Baines so, already plays left midfield. Yes. He's a left-back, but he's already like playing most of the game and near the corner. So players, come on, then what's your 17th choice for player of the season? Then? No, the, 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 other, the other one uh, is just more of a hope, really, and that's for Ross to come good this season. Yeah, and I'd like to So, come on, come on, on fellas. Ross, right? The thing is, with, with Barkley, right, is that he, he's obviously a good footballer, but it's like you can see the academy coming through in him, where you're taught in the academy to control the ball, get your head up past the ball, control the ball, get your head up past the ball, and, and always be nice and intricate with the ball. I'd like to see him think, you know what, sod this academy laugh now, I'm Ross Barkley, I'm going to take the game myself. And I'd like to see him try things, people not get on his back for trying things. If he wants to have a pop from 25 yards, have a pop. I think Moyes knocked out on him. Yeah, I do, and, and I think the academy does as well, because... They concentrate on getting players passing the ball. It'd be nice to see him just get the ball and think, I'm going to try taking players on here and having a shot. I'm going to try little passes rather than just... He, I was watching him at the weekend, I know it's only pre-season, but it's like he'd get his head up, find the player that he wants to pass to and play his five-yard pass. And it's like, come on, mate, there's more than you. He doesn't need to. He doesn't, doesn't need, need to be just doing his five-yard passes. There's more to him than that. And only time will tell whether that is, but I'd like to see him try stuff. Because Evertonians will never get on the back of players for trying things and trying to create things, and we need a creative midfielder. I'd like to see him try stuff going forward, but that, you know, that bit where he beats a man and then plays a 40-yard back pass mm. and puts their striker, so I think he can do away with that part of his game. Yeah, that wasn't the best. <laughs> but, uh, so who's your, who's your player that you look forward to this season? Uh, well, who do you reckon? Who, who we have I, I would like my player of the season to be an attacking player. I don't want our player of the season to be Tim Howard or Jack Yelka. Um, Which are the last like couple of seasons? And yeah, been I would like players. it to be Morales because I think he's that one player where he gets the ball, he does give Everton, he's a spark, he, you know, he gets you to your feet. So he was like Kanchelskis or Limpo when they used to go in the 90s and I would like it to be him. Failing him, like a lot of other Evertonians, I'd love Jelovic to go and knock 20-25 goals in this year and and fires up into the top four. Or yeah, I, I I fully agree. I hope me hope for player of the season is Jelovic, and by hope I mean to be a player of the season as a striker, you're probably looking at about twenty goals. And it's him. And, and he, it's it's him we know he's got it in him. Yeah. Um, but realistically, you would think of me player of the season, and Johnny's already mentioned him. Is I think it's going to be Seamus Coleman this year. I think the lad over the last the tail end of last season just came on leaps and bounds. I think. That right-hand side of Coleman and Morales is probably going to take over from Baines and Pienaar as being our most lethal threat in games, I think. The only thing there, though, is he's not going to get player of the year if if we're going forward kind of like too much and leaving him exposed at the back. Because if we start leaking goals here, there and everywhere, then we're finishing 12th and 13th in the league because we're getting beat 2-1 and 3-2 at home and 4-2 away and stuff. You know, we've always had a solid back four over the last few years. 
And I'm kind of looking at it now, thinking, are we going to have a solid back four? I think he's come on defensively as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, at Coleman, when, when Coleman, when, it, when the window was running at Coleman, you know, when season's gone by, I would always expect them to make a rash challenge, to give a penalty away, you know, to do a silly foul. But I think his defender now has, has come on massively. Um, and, you know, we'll put it this way, he commands a good fee. He apparently got linked with United this week. And what did we pay? 65,000 or something like that, wasn't it? Around 60 grand, yeah. You'd be looking at at least 6 or 7 million pounds for him, wouldn't you? So that shows you, you know, what, what sort of message made. He didn't even start playing football yeah. until about a year ago, did he? As well? no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think the lad's really come of age, and I think this could be a season. I think, it, you know, by the end of next season... There's a couple possibility there you'd be getting talked in in the same breath as Baines, you know, you know, doing just as well as Baines. And I think that's what we've needed, something down that right-hand side for a long time now. And I know Colin's been at the club, but I think that right-hand side, I think we're going to have a good balance to the side this year. Whereas um, Baines has got the good delivery, Seamus is a little bit more direct, he'll try and beat the player, go on the outside and then and then put it in, whereas Baines tries to whip a ball in or whatever. Well, it's, it's, it's good balance. Well, he's doing himself at the no, time, so how can, a, how, how can a defender know what he's going to do? So, so moving on from that, uh, and just before we get a touch on the knowledge game, a bit of a more general Premier League sort of subject. Uh, how do you think the league's going to pound this year then? What, what, do you think for the, what do you think for the top four, John? It, it looks wide open, doesn't it, between a few clubs. Um, I mean, there was the big talk that Arsenal were going to come in, spend big, and they were going to be challengers again this season. But I can't, I can't. Well, they haven't, they haven't bought anyone at all. Arsenal is a joke. I think it's going to be uh, between Chelsea and mm-hmm. Man City. Arsenal Wenger keeps his money under the bed, doesn't he? Can't, and he can't find his bed. <laughs> so he's not going to spend, is he? Suarez won't go there. If Suarez went there, and if they attracted Rooney there as well, what an attacking side they'd have, but I don't think he's going to spend the money. I think he spends it as if it's his own money. So saying that, though, do you think this move for Suarez is, is publicity? You know, he, he, no, been... I think they genuinely buy him, but I don't think they, I don't think they can get him. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to sell him. So yeah. I think, I think he's going to go abroad. Yeah. So Johnny, you're going for Chelsea for the league or oh, City? Chelsea or City? Chelsea. I think I, I don't think whoever doesn't win it will finish second, though. If you get me, I think. Maybe if Chelsea won it, I think United are going to be the one pushing them. So I think one of them will fall away. So I'd say top three, if you have to put me on the spot, Chelsea, Man U, Man City, fourth position. One of three, Arsenal, Tottenham, Everton. I think Spurs might do it. I'm hoping, obviously, Everton can break that top four, but I think Spurs might do it unless Arsenal. Arsenal, you know, they don't seem to have these superstar youngsters apart from, you know, they've got Wilshire there. Uh, who else have they got coming through that they've had in you know, the, the young foreign players? Yeah, they're outside of Fordham, yeah. So, um, yeah. And isn't it great top. going into a season and not mentioning that shite over the park in these conversations? Like, yeah, well, yeah. if we talked about the bottom half of the table, then, you know, that would be discussion. Do you fancy this season now? I think two years ago, Man City scored loads of goals. Last year, they hardly scored any. I think this year they're going to score loads of goals again, so I think they're going to win it. Um, yeah, I think it's literally going to come down to which which of those top three teams get the best away results. Um, I think Man City will get the best away results this year. I think Chelsea will come second. I think Tottenham will come third because I think they'll sell bail. They've got a goal scorer there now. So glad yeah. um, I think they'll go out and spend. 15 and 20 million pounds two to three more times this summer so I think they'll finish third I think United will finish fourth because I don't think Rooney's heart will be in it now after everything that's gone on and I think their squad isn't as good I I think they won it by default last year because there were so many problems with other sides so what happened to David Moyes if they finish fourth? Um, I think he'd get another year still Um, I think he'd get another year I think I think Everton will finish. I think Everton will finish sixth. I think Arsenal, Arsenal will get fifth again, and I think Liverpool finish seventh again. I think it's going to be pretty much, pretty much as it was last year, except Man City will do the business this year. Yeah, the clubs, the clubs around and below, as you said before, they might have spent big money, but have they spent spent big enough money to make 
you know, a side that can form, perform consistently. It's just the odd player here and there. Well, I think I think City, that Navas, I know it was only the Confederations Cup, but when he was getting the ball in there, you thought, this guy's going to take players on, he's going to create chances for them. They've still got Silva there, they've got Aguero. I mean, it doesn't matter who they've got in defence, because it's hardly going to be tested all through the year. It's still going to be problem. tested in five or six games. Best goal in the league. Yeah. Um, well, my, my, I just think they're going to score teams to that. Yeah, Marcus, yours. My point of view on this is, I am going to slightly disagree with you here on City. I don't think City have bought anyone who improves them. I think, alright, they've got the two lads up front, uh, Negredo and Jovetic. But, you know, at the end of the day, they, they've lost Carlos Tevez, so, and, they, you know, they lost Balotelli last season. Oh, Are they? the squad, though, didn't they? They did, but they, were, they did, but they're both quality players. No. Surely it's a more harmonious squad this year. I just don't think they bought, I think City should have gone out early and bought, you know, a Neymar or a Falcao or, you know, a real world class player. I just can't. I so I don't actually. I think the team to watch next year is Chelsea. I, I think Chelsea are going to walk the league this year. I really do. Um, Special one come back and take it then, yeah. I've just got a feeling about them. I, I don't know what he said. He said the only sign he wants is someone I was really. Ento has been linked. Ento has been linked this week. Do you think? Do you know what? Don't he's eighty six. And that's his own age. He's probably ninety four. We've seen what Mourinho's done in the past. I think you know he's probably going to play sort of the Kaku playing in that sort of drug role as a spearhead up front and I, you know, I really like him, Kaku, I, I do, have love him. You know, he's a beast when he played the Goodison last year, the side of the lad. Um, so I, I think I think it's going to be Chelsea winning the league. Um, I think the two Manchester clubs will be very, very close for second and third. And then I think fourth wide open, I really do. I think, I, you know, I think if Spurs lose Bale, that's a massive loss for them. That Bale turns games on his own and turns, you know, Draws and defeats into wins. Yeah, but how many how many players that could turn games and score goals are they going to be able to buy with 105 million quid? <laughs> you know, they've already bought that. Is it Paulinho? Paulinho, yeah. Centre midfield, they've got front. You know, they they they've got. It seems to a good squad, and if we start putting some really good players to go with it, seems to have gone on a bit long now, though, doesn't it, with Bale? Do you think he's going to go? I think he's going to go. I think they're just waiting on them getting the last sort of bit of structure over how the deal's done. I think he, I think Bale's gone. I mean, the reason for that is it, it's all stayed very quiet, really, hasn't it? It's only been the papers who've been fueling it. You haven't really heard much from the club. You haven't heard anything from Bale himself. So I think that the reason for that is because it's all getting done behind the scenes. Is is Bale twenty five million better than Cristiano Ronaldo? No. Do you think it's that's what it's going to take? Um, Hundred and five million. Well, you, you say though, from, from a financial point of view, Ronaldo at some point's getting older and going to move on, isn't he? So you've got to say, is he twenty-five million pound better off than Ronaldo over the next six years, selling shirts and sponsorship and stuff like that? You know, if he goes over there, he's he's going to be playing thirty-four games a season where he can literally fill his boots with goals. Do you think Cristiano Ronaldo? Has got a got a bigger brand than Bale. Miles, Miles, Miles bigger. Yeah. Miles bigger. So, Miles bigger. so, Miles so, bigger. so what are they getting for 105 million? Well, they're getting a new brand to sell. Yeah, they're getting a new brand to sell. But don't forget, they they've got to overturn Barcelona. Barcelona at the moment, they're, they're like their their players, the likes of Xavi and people like that. They're getting a little bit older, and. At this point, you've got to look at Madrid over there now and think they've got a much younger squad. And I know they've got uh, Barcelona, got Messi, and they'll always have them. But Barcelona and Madrid, they're going to whack most sides all through the year. And again, it comes down to fixtures against, you know, away from home and at home against Valencia and Seville and, you know, against Madrid and Barcelona. They're the points they've got to pick up. Now, if Real Madrid are going to Barcelona, they can keep the likes of Messi quiet and you've got Bale on one side and Alba on the other. Uh, there's just so much. Going going to that as well. If if Bale goes to Real, does Ronaldo go back to Man U? I don't think so. No, I I can't see any reason. I mean, he, he likes knocking around with his beds on the beach and his undies, going for swims in the sun. Why does he want to come back to Manchester? I, well, I, you, you can see that on Southport Beach, can't you? <laughs> 
Yeah, Blackpool's not far as well. I've even got glass in the bus shelters in Southport. I must admit, if Ronaldo was to go back to United, I'd probably change your mind to go to yeah, United like, in the league then. But, but he's the sort of player that would make them win a league, isn't he? he is. Single-handedly, he could yeah, right. take teams apart. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I must admit, I mean, I know he's he's got a new nickname now in, in Spain, I don't know if you know this, but he's now known as the Portuguese Kevin Morales. Did you know that? That's, that's how he's known in, uh, in the league. Yeah. So, uh, that's how he's referred to. But <laughs> so moving on a little bit then. Season starts Saturday. We're playing Norwich. Fucking Norwich away first game of the season up at half fucking five in the morning. It's nice one Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the thoughts on that then boys? Do we is it a winning start for the blues? It's a tricky one, isn't it? It is a tricky one. Norwich. Oh, it's spent big. But as we know, sides who spent big in the past, it's a bit of an unknown quantity, aren't they? they, they are they going to come in and all be superstars straight away? Are they going to chill? Well, let's have a look. This, what's his name? Chicken Van Chickenberger or whatever his name is. Yeah, let's have a look. Let's have a look at who they bought. Knowledge they've got in. Ricky Van Wolkswinkle, who's coming from Sport and Lisbon, they paid good money for him, eight and a half million. Yeah. Anyone know anything about Ricky Van Wolfswinkle? Didn't he play for Hayden Vane? Off the top of my head, I might be totally wrong, I'm just having a guess, but I think he played for Hayden Vane in he had a Holland. Co- he scored a bag full of goals, did he goals, Then he got a move a couple of years ago. Now, to me, he's done nothing that Dirk Kite didn't do in Holland, and Dirk Kite hardly set the world on fire when he got here, so I know he's a bit of a pain in the ass for us, but, you know, I... I don't think, I, I can't see why this Dan and Jags can't keep him under control. Yeah, fingers Leroy crossed Fair. he can. We no. were going to sign Leroy Fair for 8.5 million quid, these are bought him for 4.5 million quid. <laughs> it's now, good business. Were we overbidden for a player, or was there genuinely something wrong with him where he's not actually as good as we thought he might be? Yeah, conveniently found a little injury, which, yeah. which, is, uh, which the Norris staff know, don't find. Were we desperate to sign a player back in January, so we were overbidden? We were all looking forward to that. Well, I was looking forward to signing Leroy Fair when he went that deal came out because I, I had a little look at him on, as you do on different outlets and I, I thought he looked a decent player, I must admit. I thought I had an extra fun when we signed Johnny Heitinger, but look how that turned out. You know, it's, some players just turn up at your club and you think they play for Holland and, you know, they've got a good background, they don't turn out as good as they are. Who would you rather have in your midfield on Saturday? Um, Ross Barkley and Fellaini or Leroy Fair. Well knowledge of also strengthens with yeah, X Man City fire, Javier Garrido, they've signed uh, Martin Olsen from Blackburn, so they have strengthened in defence with players that are used to playing in the Premier League. Uh, and they've also the other big signing this summer was Gary Hooper from Celtic for five million. There were now a lot of clubs who've had a look at. What's your, what's your thoughts on Hooper? Well, let's face it. I mean, us three could go up and bang them in in Scotland. Yeah. Right? So we we just don't know with Hooper whether he can come and perform. He might have. He might have been better going to QPR, yeah. mightn't he? We we paid a similar amount of money for Coney. Um, he scored 11 goals last year, was it? In the Premiership for the yeah. side that got relegated. Yeah. I think I'd rather have Kone in the side than. But than also Hooper. saying that we paid we paid a similar amount for Jelovic and that first season when he came in from from Rangers as well, you know similar stats to Hooper. Yeah, he's a Croatian international, though. Yeah. Good goal scoring record, and also we got him when Rangers were in meltdown. We got him on the cheap, no doubt about it. Yeah. You know, so, Hooper, I think that. So you don't think there's particularly anything to worry about? No, there? I think there could be. I think there could be if things click for them and the players come together. Yeah, but hopefully they'll, as well. they'll, they'll have a little bedding in period and mm. we can take advantage of that because our squad is much more integrated at this early stage yeah. than theirs yeah. is. We haven't got the best record on Tommy. We've got a tight ground. 26,000 there. Yeah. First game of the season. Nice sunny day. Everyone wants to turn up and see the home side do well, don't they? Will, will we spoil it? Yeah, well... You've got to hope that we do go there and stand up, haven't you? Because if we don't stand up there and we, we drop points or lose, and then we're going to Cardiff and we drop points and lose there, it could it could signal a bit of a tricky season for us. I think we need to go to our first two away games and pick points up. Can you see any of the new faces featuring? Because I, I personally I can't. I think he's going to go with a, 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 a pretty similar lineup to, to think, what we're used I think to. Cohen, he will. I think as a substitute, as a sub, yeah. yeah, I think he will. I think. I mean, if we're getting beat, 
he definitely will. Yeah. As the game goes on and players start to tie, he's got a bit of pace, Kone. Just hope he's having something sweet now during the day. I think we'll start with the, the team that starts against Betis. We give or take Gibson whether he's fit or not. If Gibson's not fit, he'll probably play Heitinger. Possibly Fellaini coming in. I don't think Fellaini will wear no, that shirt again. I, I, I think I think Fellaini Fellaini will feature. I think uh, Gibson as I say Gibson uh, touch and go really. So uh, as, as they say. professional, hasn't he, Fellaini? At this moment in time. There's no transfer fee been put in for There's him. nothing. He's it's not all, mentioned about it's all rumor. to move. So, if he has just got a uh, Belgian player tonight. Yeah, Belgian yeah. playing tonight and he's in that squad. So, if he's playing there tonight, he should be playing for us on Saturday. I, I think when he gets home from international duty, somewhere between getting home from international duty tomorrow and the game on Saturday, I think Fellaini will become a Manchester United player. I disagree. I don't think... I don't think Moyes is going to. I don't think he's going to bid thirty million, and I don't think he's going to get him less for twenty. So I, I think he's going to have to break the bank to get him. And it, the way he did is there is a lot of figures in between twenty million and thirty million. Now I think it's oh, a deal about twenty five, and he's gone. Mm. Yeah. You see, the thing is with Fellaini, if I was Martinez, I know everyone always says stuff like this, but I'd pick up the phone to United and say, listen, if you want him. Every player's got their price. You do it this week before the season starts so I can spend the money the following week before we go and play Carver. If you don't do it by then, don't even bother coming back till December. It makes you wonder why it's not done like that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's it. Just just say now, now or never. Now or never. No, no, now or January. Now or January, yeah. 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 Or come January. Because don't forget, Everton can say no. We've been been burned so many times, haven't we? Like, Like, you know, clubs coming in. At like 10 to 12 on deadline day, and then us going rushing out and bringing in some no mark from. And I think if, if you Google this, but I, I didn't watch it myself because it was about 4 o'clock in the morning on one of the Everton games in the USA. But Everton did um, a meet the fans over there, and apparently Robert Elston did this business briefing and he explained to people why a lot of the transfers and the big ones are done right near transfer deadline day. Apparently there's a reason for it from the club's perspective. Um, obviously I got too tired before I watched it, but it might be worth actually looking at that interview and seeing yeah. his opinion why they're done See, so You can't, you can't tell us what his opinion is. Well, I, I wish I'd have watched it now. But <laughs> yeah, I've we could have done that inside part. <laughs> I've had 400 pints, we've been the brick, sweated to death, and then got off home. And I thought, I can't be doing listening to our song now, tell why we're not going to sell our players until the last day of the transfer season and then buy no one. And listeners, you can clearly mm. see why we brought Paul on for this weekend, because it's such insightful reflections. Yeah, but you can yourselves now go out and watch that interview, and Elston will tell you why it's done late in the day. We've, uh, we've had Sarah Mack comment on our Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com slash EFC, not better, just better. Is this the one that was selling them pink trainees? No, not the one to pink trainees. This is, um, this, she's saying uh, about John Stones and Ross Barkley's performance uh, for the other 21s uh, last night. Very promising, exciting, exciting for them mm-hmm. in the season uh, upcoming. Well, Barkley, Ross scored, Ross scored. Ross scored for the other 21s again last night. Stones looked, looked semi-decent in pre-season. What I want to, I mean, we, we, we agree that Barkley, uh, we think he's going to start. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think sure, he'll start, yeah. I think he's going to start. Um, so if anyone does drop out for Fellaini, who's it going to be? I think Barkley will start. I think it'll be, the, as she said, I think it'll be the exact same team that played against Betis, possibly Heitinger. Well, Gibbo's injured, isn't he? Well, injured, and he's, and he's on the, they're saying he's 50-50, which probably means in Gibbo's terms he's 10-90 to play. Yeah. 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 Well, he seemed, to, he seemed to like Naismith over pre-season. Can you see him coming in? For a bit of experience rather than Barkley. You need, to, yeah, but it, it, as you saw, you need somebody to do that little drop in and collect the ball from the back, don't you? That sort of anchor midfield role. And I think, yeah. I think, I, I think when Heitinger came on, I know Paul's not a big fan of Heitinger. I think, I, I think he looked alright when he came on. I think he, he looked alright, and I, I think Gibson's better at it when he's fit, though. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. So I think if Gibson's fit, yeah, I think him in, him in that role. Heitinger, I just. No, it's just when things seem to be going wrong and stuff, he always seems to have some sort of role in it, doesn't he? Yeah, I think what what did it for a lot of fans was when when he he shits out of a few challenges, didn't he? He was at West Ham away last year, 
I can't remember who it was, had the pops from outside the area, and it just so happened to be, I think they're closing it down, and he just didn't even remotely get there. Yeah. Jackie Elkin would have been going out, spreading his body, arms up, legs wide, anything to block that ball, and you think, he just, to me, he just wants to pounce around a little bit too much, and... So he wants, to, he wants to like, you know, he, he wants the fans out there, like, a fans to adore him and everything. Yeah. But then he's not willing to put it in there. Yeah, that's what I think, yeah. yeah. So, score predictions for the weekend then, John? I'm not going to predict the score. I'm just going to say it. Oh, oh here we go, sitting score. on the Come fence on. again. It's a saying, you, you're driving down there on the coach, and you get on the coach, and you go, oh, we're going to get battered here today. And then by the time you've had a few beverages, you think, well, it's easy, you know. So I'm going to talk after the few beverages, and I'm going to say... I think we're going to beat them 3-1 at the weekend. That's I think that. we'll go 2-0 up. I'd have that call. Yeah. 3-1 is the score I've been thinking all week. Yeah. I'm not just saying this because you just said it, but 3-1. I think we're going to see a couple of goals from Yella. Um, yeah, right over Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I could see Barkley smash one in from outside the area. Yeah, I'd like to look for the season. Let's hope we can fast forward a few days, be watching uh, watching Mallow match today, or you, you, in your case, Paul, sitting yeah, there. I'd probably be sat on the coach on my own, Mike Maney's sick all over me, that. And I believe, Paul, and um, you're possibly going to be doing a, an away day match report for us for the podcast. Yeah, there's going to be a match report next week. It's not going to be, well, it's actually going to be a match report through the goggles of our 400 cans of Stella. So uh, it's going to be a little bit different to what uh, David Prentice or someone like that would do. But let's uh, let's just talk a bit about yeah. Uh, although the, the tickets you've got and the packages have sold out for um for the Norwich game, let's talk about what what you do with this since eighteen seventy eight. Um, the home matches and the away deals that you do. Well, it's just the away matches. We we run the coach for every away game, John. Um, we get the tickets for everyone on the coach, and basically it's just a good set of lads having a laugh on the coach, a few beverages. We, we pick a pub to go to where, you know, the, the, the Blues will outnumber the, the home fans. Yeah, not not in Daft, not in Daft there as well. It's, it's good, as you said yourself. And no, we've there's, been there's no idiots. There's no one smoking on the coach. There's, oh God, I don't want to sound too boring, but, you know, we, we try to keep a bit of a head on it where it appeals to everyone going. And you have a sing-song on the way down there, sing-song mostly on the way back as well. No, I don't sleep on the way back, Daddy, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah. So, you know, uh, Paul, Paul's on Twitter at since 1878 co UK. Um, not so dot co. No, no dot on it. No dot allowed on Twitter. No dot allowed. You need to get me Twitter. That's a bit dotist, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, if you want to get in touch with Paul, uh, give him a follow on Twitter, or you can get in touch through us, and we'll put uh, for future away days and uh, home day. Um, hospitality deals uh, with all, all all inclusive drinks and ex players. Yeah, yeah we've, uh, we've got Sheeds coming up, so that should be good. Hopefully, we'll get him on here and uh, give a little bit of an explanation for you for one of the next podcasts. Yep, sounds good. But after Saturday's scoreless draw, the tension was high. Norwich, though, diffused it by handing Everton the lead within a minute. It was Vanden Howe's first of the season. It'll go down as the one which won the title. I'm absolutely delighted, really. I mean, it's been tremendously satisfying to to win the championship again after narrowly missing out last season. And even better for taking from Liverpool. You don't mind who you take championships off. To um, say that, I mean, our fans were desperately disappointed. We missed out on the league championship and the FA Cup last season to Liverpool, and uh, we've we've reversed it this season. The new champions were chaired home to Goodison. Right, so it's time for, as we've done in the past few weeks, uh, our Hall of Fame uh, segment. And this time, we, we were racking our brains trying to come up with a player. And obviously, I've uh, got a history of like, you know, uh, legendary players who we could choose from. But we've decided to do things a little bit differently this time round. What have we decided, John? Well, I'm going to pass over to you to tell us about that. Well, we decided that we're going to be in, in a build-up to the, uh, the game against knowledge at the weekend. We've decided to go for an, a game against knowledge from the past. And put that into our Hall of Fame. What do you think it might be, Paul? I think it was Stoke away in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> well, 86-87, Norwich away. The game that clinched the championship for the Blues. Yep, yeah, spot on that, Paul. That's exactly the game that we're talking about today. Uh, the 4th of May, 1987. Uh, it was the tail end of the 86-87 season, which, as we all know, was the last time that the Blues 
uh, won the league championship. Um, down a Carrow Road on in front of a crowd of 23,489 uh, and the Blues ran out, eventual winners 1-0. The winning goal being scored by the most prolific of goal scorers, Mr Pat Van Der Nau, unbelievably. Uh, I'll just quickly run through the Everton side that day. Uh, Big Nevin goal, Gary Stevens, Van Der Nau, Ratcliffe and Watson at the back. Uh, a midfield of Peter Reid, Tricky Trev, Inchy, Snods and Paul Power uh, and up front was, uh, was Sharpie, Graham Sharp on the day uh, so I don't think he would have been in the bookies putting money on Van Den to get the winner but uh, that, that's how it played out on the day uh, Any memories or uh, any thoughts about that game from you boys? Well, I mean, we're all in our 30s so although we, we will have watched it back then uh, we never got to go and um, all I can say is, watching the footage on the internet, Van der Nau scored after about a minute and a half, and we won the league. And it's a lot different to the trips that we have to Norwich nowadays. Uh, we went to Norwich last year, we spent the weekend there. We went to a B&B, which was full of fleas, and beetles, and anything else that could survive the minus four temperatures. Not the beetles, no. Oh, Actually, they were about four per bed. But um, yeah, it basically it was a bit of a shithole down there in Great Yarmouth, full of Albanians. And um, we had a good weekend on the ale. It snowed and hailed all weekend. And then we went to Carrow Road. We won 1-0, except for the last four minutes where we actually got beat 2-1. And then we had, um, yeah, we had a six-hour journey home after getting beat 2-1 by Norwich. And you got to look back at 86, 87 and think, imagine what that journey home would have been like with the league title in yeah, the hands with two home games to come. I know which one I'd rather and what coach I'd rather be on. And that 86, 87 one, I think, uh, would have been a del delight to be on, really, wouldn't it? Sing songs all the way back. Well, we, obviously, before we came into the, this segment, we obviously, there was a clip there, we heard our Kendall talking about, you know, winning the league and what it meant to them because obviously Everton had lost the league championship the year before to, to Liverpool and the shite. Uh, so I mean I think that one was uh, that one meant a lot to the Blues didn't it really? Yeah we later on last season we went down to Chelsea and um God knows how this panned out but we ended up taking Pat Van Den with us for the weekend. And uh, he stayed over in the hotel with us and Anyone who's ever met Pat or heard him guest speaking, he's a man who consists of one and two word answers. So in our five and a half hour, six hour journey down there, having to speak to Pat, we covered quite a wide range of subjects. And uh, that goal popped up. Basically we said to Pat, you know, what was it like scoring that goal? He said, I just fucking smashed it. And that was it. He just fucking smashed it, it went in and we won the league. And that, that's how Pat remembers it. He said he didn't even know what he was doing in that, that, that end of the pitch. But, uh, but yeah, that's true. That, that's, that's his recollection of that day. Um, he said he can't remember much else of it. He had a good journey home from what he knows, and he was probably back in the county, surrounded by birds until three in the morning. And is there, there's that iconic picture after he scores that goal with him being mobbed by the rest of the team and being dragged down to the floor and jumped all over? Yeah, it looks like Snod's just trying to catch up and give him a good beefy or something, doesn't it? <laughs> But then, uh, and then obviously, um, at the end of the game, the full-time whistle goes, and Carrow Road just just seems to disappear yeah. under the sea of blue. Yeah, the Devertonians run up from every stand. Yeah. Every single stand. The players, all the players had to run off, didn't they, just to get away from our home fans. But um, at that, I mean, it was like that at Goodison when Tony Ebert scored in his testimony, and imagine we won the league this year. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Hang on a minute, so if this sets a bit of a precedent then, what's the odds on Tony Ibbett popping up with a 1-0 winner on this Saturday? Um, I don't know, I think he lives in Somalia now, doesn't he? <laughs> Seamus Coleman's our right back now. <laughs> Tony Ibbett's gone. He, I don't think Tony, Tony Ibbett will play much at all this season. I think he's been put out of grace now. And, um, I'd be very surprised. I, I don't think Seamus Coleman's the type of player to pick up many injuries, and I don't think we'll see Tony a bit again now. So no goal from Tony about Saturday. No, I don't think we are. Oh, no. Why didn't you just say yeah just to get our hopes up? I don't like to tell lies. So anyway, so that's this week's entrance into the not bitter just better Hall of Fame. 
it's not a player. Uh, bizarrely, it's a match, and it's the when we won the league title uh, in the 86-87 season at Carrow Road versus Norwich, beating them one 0 Would you take a one 0 now? Yes. Yes. Stupid question, isn't it? Of course you would. Would you take a victory on Saturday? No, no, I'd hang out for the draw. No, no. <laughs> Oh, John. It's always a 1 0 anyway at Norwich when Paul goes. <laughs> any goals they score don't count. Yeah, I think I think uh, most Evertonians would uh, bite their hand off for a uh, 1 0. Uh, take that right away. But as, as Mark just said, uh, inducted into our Hall of Fame alongside the likes of Tim Cale, Dave Dixon, uh, who went in last week. Uh, well, is Alec Young last Alec Young. Forget Alec Young. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So welcome to our Hall of Fame Everton versus Norwich 86 87 season clincher. Okay, folks, we're going to wrap it up there. We've gone over an hour again, talking uh, mostly Everton, a bit of uh, general uh, Real Madrid, Ronaldo, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of nonsense in there as well. And um, It's a Whale podcast these days, Whale podcast. Yeah, we're, go, we're going global. Um, you can find us uh, on Facebook at Not Bitter, Just Better. Just put that in the search bar. Uh, on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Uh, and if you listen on SoundCloud, not better, just better in the uh, iTunes store. You can subscribe there, so it comes straight to the device uh, as soon as it goes up. Uh, and yeah, we, as I say, we're just going to leave it there. Look forward to the weekend. Yeah, come on, you blue boys. Looking forward to the weekend. Hopefully, we'll be talking next week about uh, a victory down at Carrow Road. Onward, Evertonians.